the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An American dies in Ukraine. We don't have official confirmation, even though we've seen the reports. The war in Ukraine may cause a shortage of some foods. They grow enough food to feed 400 million people. Well, that's gone. The battle over Title 42 heats up. This is not a plan to stop illegal immigration. This is a plan to accelerate illegal immigration, and they even admit it. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Monday, May 2nd. I'm Mike Scott. Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary, 2,000 Mules, is coming to a theater near you for two nights only, May 2nd and May 4th. Did operatives stuff ballot drop boxes during the 2020 election? Was the 2020 election really the most secure election in American history? Or... Were there widespread voter irregularities that have gone previously unreported? In this new film with research from TrueTheVote.org, D'Souza examines these claims using geospatial and telemetric data along with security camera footage obtained through open records requests to track the movement of so-called mules as they visited ballot drop boxes in multiple states around the country. Watch the documentary for yourself and decide. On May 2nd and May 4th, you can attend a limited premiere release of 2,000 Mules in a theater near you by visiting 2000mules.com. Tickets are extremely limited, so get yours today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000mules.com. The long-awaited evacuation of civilians from a besieged steel plant in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol was underway on Sunday as U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi revealed that she visited Ukraine's president to show American support for the country's defense against the Russian invasion. Russian forces resumed shelling the steel plant as soon as the evacuation of a group of civilians was completed. It was also revealed over the weekend that a 22-year-old former U.S. Marine was killed alongside Ukrainian forces in the war with Russia. His relatives confirmed that news to news outlets in what's being said is the first known death of an American citizen fighting in Ukraine. Willie Joseph Cancel was killed while working for a military contracting company that sent him to Ukraine. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, offered her condolences to the family of Willie Joseph Cancel, though she cannot confirm his death. We don't have official confirmation, even though we've seen the reports, but we have not uh, had that official process through the government, so I can't speak to other specifics about him beyond that. Meantime, the U.S. has started training Ukrainian armed forces in Germany and other locations in Europe, the Pentagon announced on Friday. Training has already occurred outside of Ukraine, 
particularly on howitzers, which were part of the most recent security assistant package. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says Russia is indiscriminately killing civilians in Ukraine. There's not even an, an attempt by Russia uh, to, to be precise uh, in their targeting. House Armed Services Committee member Mike Gallagher tells the Salem Radio Network that Russian President Vladimir Putin will continue to push into Ukraine if unchecked. While he seems to have shifted his goals away from Kyiv and Kharkiv, he is not only dead set on consolidating gains in the southeast and the south coast of Ukraine and dominating the Black Sea, but potentially shifting his focus west with Odessa being the key front. Gallagher believes Putin is trying to rebuild the Russian reputation and former Russian territories. It's to recover influence that has been lost since the fall of the Soviet Union. And Ukraine was just the first step uh, in a broader campaign to undermine NATO. And what's happening in Moldova or the reports of explosions in, in Moldova should be a reminder of just how hungry and ambitious and ruthless Putin is. Odessa's port in Ukraine is closed, cutting off one of the world's largest exporters of food. Ukraine is the number four exporter in corn and wheat and number one in sunflower oil. David Beasley, executive director of UN's World Food Program, joins 60 Minutes and says half the wheat the World Food Project needs is stuck in Ukraine. Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. They grow enough food to feed 400 million people. Well, that's gone. You're already seeing fuel pricing spike, food pricing spike, cost of shipping spiking. It's already creating havoc for the poorest of the poor around the world. But this is going to affect not just the poorest of the poor. It's going to affect everybody. Beasley believes the situation is so dire that the world must come together to protect and open the port of Odessa. We have to open up these ports. You've got to open them up and we've got to protect them so that food can move in and out of this country for the rest of the world. It's a humanitarian need. The world demands it. We have to have those, those ports open. We have to. You seem to be suggesting that NATO warships would have to come into the Black Sea to secure the shipping out of the port. I'm the humanitarian guy, but it isn't complicated. Uh, the world leaders will have to come together somehow and figure out a way to protect uh, these seaways. The ports have got to be opened up. So whatever the world leaders need to do, I'll leave that to them. But I know one thing, we're running out of time. Beasley goes on to say that the WFP's resources were already strained due to COVID. Before Ukraine. I was already cutting rations to millions of people around the world. We've already cut rations to over 8 million people, down to 50%. Imagine telling your child, I, I can only feed you half of what you need to have a healthy diet. How do you prioritize? So we're taking food from the hungry children and giving it to the starving children. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Beasley says that he is so desperate to alleviate the suffering in Ukraine that he has tried to negotiate with Russian President Vladimir Putin directly. But so far, 
it would seem his pleas have fallen on deaf ears. I have written, I have called. Uh, I know the United Nations is doing everything it can in general to give us the access because we are impartial, we're neutral, and all we're asking is give us the access to reach the innocent victims of this war. But it is in the Russians' interest to starve those people out. Well, sure would appear so, wouldn't it? Beasley says the refusal to allow his organization to give food to starving people in Ukraine is unconscionable. It's beyond imagination. Why would you deny innocent victims of war food? Non-combatants, it's just wrong, evil. The loss of the Ukrainian breadbasket may be felt around the world for years, according to Arif Hussein the WFP's chief economist. This is the time for farmers to be out there planting corn. Right now. Right now. This is the time. And they're not. Why? Because farmers are soldiers. Why? Because there's not enough diesel. Look at wheat. Right now in the ground is what is the winter weeding. It needs pesticides. It needs fertilizer. Same issues. No labor, no fuel, no machinery. Our estimates are between 30 to 50 percent will actually be harvested. Would that have an impact on the world? Hell yes, it will have an impact on the world. Border agents in Mexico are fed up to the point of leaving their jobs and say that if the U.S. lifts Title 42, things will only get worse, according to reporting in the New York Post. According to that report, officers who say they are already besieged by a big workload and overtaxed by pulling double shifts are being sent from their post in northern border towns to the most southern parts of Mexico to aid understaffed guards there. The report goes on to say that Mexican border agents believe that the lifting of Title 42, a Trump administration order allowing for immediate deportation that has seen two million border crossers expelled, could cause an explosion of illegal immigrants to attempt to enter Mexico. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says that the Biden administration is planning for an end of Title 42. This is a plan that we've been working on since September of last year. We understood that the Title 42 Public Health Authority, the CDC, would not be around uh, forever. Mm -hmm. And so we've been executing on this plan for months and we're intensifying our efforts. We're adding resources to it to address the potential for an increase in migration once Title 42 comes to an end. Mallorca says other countries have to assist in curbing the amount of migrants entering Mexico. This is not uh, our responsibility alone. Mm -hmm. It is a regional responsibility in response to a regional challenge. However, Oklahoma Senator James Langford believes that the chaos at the southern border is a feature, not a bug, of this administration's immigration policy. The Biden administration is getting the immigration policy that they designed. They stripped away all the restrictions for actually people crossing the border. <clears throat> they get this result. Now, with record high numbers of people illegally crossing the border, now they're saying, and we're going to drop Title 42 as well. So we get record high numbers now of illegal crossings, and they're going to say we're going to strip away the last piece that we hadn't taken away before to increase this number even higher. Langford says there is an adequate screening at the border to apprehend migrants with serious criminal backgrounds. Who's crossing the border and what's happening at this point? 
Well, it's people from 157 different countries just in the last six months that have crossed the border. None of these individuals have a criminal background check actually carried out on them from their home country. They're doing a criminal background check if they've committed a crime in the United States before. But we have no idea in the country they're coming from if there's a criminal background at all. Lankford says that the Biden administration's plan at the border will accelerate illegal immigration and the American people deserve better. The conclusion statement says, despite the best efforts of our dedicated DHS workforce and our partners executing this comprehensive plan, a significant increase in migrant encounters will substantially strain our system even further. So their plan is not to reduce the number of people crossing. Their plan is this is about to get worse. And we're aware that this is about to get worse. This is not a plan to stop illegal immigration. This is a plan to accelerate illegal immigration. And they even admit it. This has got to stop. The American people just want the enforcement of our laws. That is not too much to ask. Florida Senator Rick Scott joined the Salem Radio Network and says more Americans need to let the president know they disagree with his lax policy for the southern border. Everybody needs to start showing up to the offices of every senator and every congressman and woman okay, in this country and demanding a change. Scott goes on to say that President Biden's lax border policies are making it hard for Border Patrol agents to secure the U.S. border with Mexico. You have to say, one, we are we are going to have a secure border. We don't need to have to send our National Guard troops down there to do it. Our, our, our Border Patrol can do it if you give them the resources and you let them do their job. Headcounts are way down at many public schools. And now budgets are, too. Many schools are now cutting their budgets, laying off staff, consolidating or even closing in some cases. The reason is that a significant number of students have not yet returned to the classroom. Some say the absences are due to the pandemic, but many families have decided that homeschooling is a better option for their children. School systems feeling the pinch from enrollment losses tied to the pandemic. Funding is driven partly by student headcounts, and emergency provisions in many states allowed them to maintain funding at pre-pandemic levels. But like the billions of dollars of federal relief money that helped schools weather the crisis, those measures were not meant to last forever. One school system in Kansas City eliminating more than 100 jobs. Oakland, California closing seven schools. Other districts around the nation are merging classrooms and leaving teaching positions unfilled. Jason Walker reporting. Was it a badly botched rollout? After it was announced that the Department of Homeland Security would be implementing a disinformation governance board, the department's secretary Alejandro Mayorkas made his rounds on the Sunday shows to try and clarify what the board is and what it will do. When told about concerns many have about the board, Mayorkas explains that the reason for the concern was simply how the program was rolled out. Those criticisms are precisely the opposite of what this small working group within the Department of Homeland Security uh, will do. And um, I think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do. So The, the fact is that disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. 
and this department has been addressing it for years. Mayorkas explains what the Disinformation Governance Board is about, in his opinion. So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats, the connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech. When asked if the board will monitor average Americans, Mayorkas had this to say. So what we do, we we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will this board change that? No, no, no. The board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries, from the cartels, and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years. However, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the board will be used to silence conservative voices. They are actually going to create in the Department of Homeland Security a bureau of disinformation. It's basically a ministry of truth. And what they want to do is they want to be able to put out false narratives without people being able to speak out and fight back. They want to be able to say things like Russia collusion and and perpetuate hoaxes and then have people like us be silenced. They want to be able to advocate for COVID lockdowns. They want to be able to advocate for school closures, things that are not supported by the evidence. But then when you speak out, uh, they want to stifle dissent. And so we reject this bureau in the state of Florida. This week's economic calendar includes an update on the employment picture for April, along with a news briefing by the Fed Reserve Chairman. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason has those details. Fed Chief Jerome Powell's midweek news conference will no doubt get plenty of attention as the markets look for clues on interest rates and the central bank's inflation-fighting strategy. Also Wednesday, payroll processor ADP releases its employment report, while the government's jobs report is due out on Friday. The coming week will also see updates on consumer credit, factory orders, and construction spending. Rich Thomason reporting. And finally, the family of musician Naomi Judd of the Judd family says she has died of mental illness. The Judds were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame on Sunday and had recently announced an arena tour to begin in the fall, their first tour together in over a decade. Naomi Judd had said in a 1993 interview that she remembers thinking at the Judds' farewell concert that she had to let her daughter show she could go on to her own solo career. So here it is, the bottom of the ninth at the World Series with the bases loaded and little Winona's up to bat. And thank you, God, that she belted it out of the ballpark. It was probably, well, no doubt about it, it was the most sacred, supernatural moment of our lives. Naomi Judd died near Nashville, Tennessee. She was 76. 
Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.